How's everybody doing today? Good? Yeah? <laughs> I missed you guys. have been, uh, we kind of went up north uh, to visit some family, and but I've uh, been thinking about you guys, been praying for you, and um, and been getting very similar things from the Lord about what we were talking about a couple weeks ago. Um, and I feel like we're supposed to just kind of continue down that vein. We're supposed to have one another's back. That's how the body works. You know, my, my physical body, when it gets sick, you know, or it gets hurt or something, the other parts of the body, they like comfort it and they, they attack, you know, foreign or, you know, foreign viruses or whatever. You know, the body of Christ is supposed to be working that same way. When we see one of our brothers or one of our sisters in need or a need of a breakthrough or a need of a whatever, like we should come around and surround them and pray in faith. And like what we were talking about that last time, do you guys remember? We have an authority to allow and to forbid, right? To bind and to loose. We have an authority as sons and daughters here on earth to release the kingdom of heaven and to stop the gates of hell. Even if you're the unlikely, right? <laughs> yeah, and that's awesome. Well, praise God. Lord, we just thank you for that. Lord, we, we ask for more, more breakthrough, Lord. You're, one of your names is literally the Lord of breaking through. We are asking, Father, that for breakthrough in all of these areas. And we just thank you for what you've done already. All right. So, yeah, I want to continue along this, this vein. So, if you guys remember, like uh, I was talking about, the Lord gave me that dream about coming in agreement, and and He, he kind of, I kind of feel like we put the the cart before the horse, but I feel like there's some foundation that we need to lay here uh, concerning specifically fighting for the promises in our lives and the promises over the church body. All right, um, so yeah, I feel like we're supposed to. We talked about this uh, a couple weeks ago. Travis was talking about it too, about uh, contending for the promises, contending for what God has called for you in your life. And uh, many of us, we have promises from our God. From we have promises from God over our lives and over the church even, and, that, and sometimes we kind of just expect, you know, you guys have been given prophetic words, you've been in Morningstar long enough, you get prophetic word about a promise in your life or a calling in your life, and sometimes we just kind of like feel like, okay, if it's God, it's going to come to pass, you know, but that's not necessarily biblical. You know, a lot of times those prophetic words or those, um, those callings or those promises that God speaks of your life, they're invitations for you to engage God and work together with him to see them to, to be brought to fulfillment, right? There's an aspect, there's a responsibility on our part to work with God in relationship with God and to see it come to pass. And, um, you know, and the one, one thing about like when God gives us promises and when he gives us uh, purposes and callings on our lives, and you know, you, you've heard me talk about this before, they're always impossible for you to, in your own strength and in the natural, to accomplish. They're always. And sometimes they're kind of like, well, God, why are you asking me to do something that I can't do? But he's doing it because he's tricking you into relationship with him and with one another. He knows, he, he designed your purpose, he, he designed the promise of God on your life 
to be impossible for you to do in your own natural strength and your own natural giftings and by yourself. When he designed your purpose and when he created, when he thought of you and when he was forming you in your mother's womb and he, he, he knew the promises uh, and he knew the callings on your life, he was specifically putting them together to be impossible to accomplish without him and without the body. And I'm, and I'm stressing this because I talk to so many Christians who are not walking in their purpose, who are not walking in the promises of, that God has for their life, and they, because they're, they isolate themselves and they think that they don't need the church. Or, they, or they're tricked by the enemy to think that in their own capacity, they can do it on their own strength, that they try, they create an Ishmael, and they get discouraged and disheartened and they give up. And they move on to something. They go back fishing, if you know what I mean, by Peter. And it's time, guys. I mean, I just feel like uh, when I was praying about this morning, I felt like the Lord said, I'm gathering the troops. And I feel like it's about time for us as a body. You know, there's seasons and there's times within the church. And within our specific church, this here, Wilmington Morningstar, he's gathering us together. It's like there was like a growth period of growth, I guess maybe with what, past three years or something like that, where God has been kind of positioning people, bringing people. Some of you guys, I've talked to you many times, and you guys are like, God called me to come here. I showed up to this building. I was like, Lord, are you sure this is the right place? <laughs> you know who you are. <laughs> and God's called you here for a specific purpose. Now, he's gathering us together. He's knitting us together because he has purposes in this body to accomplish in this city that is going to impact not only our city, but it's going to impact this state and possibly even the region. And you guys know what I'm talking about. I sound like a broken record to you, but there is uh, Derek, the Derek Prince word over our region is going to come to pass. There is going to be a significant move of God that's going to even surpass the Welsh revival. We're going to see it happen. God wants to use our body to accomplish this. Our little dinky little body here in Wilmington, North Carolina. Now, I don't think we're the only ones. I think he's doing that with many other churches within this area. But that's how God does stuff, isn't it? He uses the little. He uses the small. He uses the 120, not the 500, right? The Pentecost, if you guys know what I'm talking about. And um, so I feel like, uh, you know, this, this word is for you personally, you know, in your own personal life. But I also believe it's, it's for us as a body, as us as a body of contending, of fighting for the promises and the purposes of, of God here in Wilmington, North Carolina. Because you aren't here by accident. There's something here in this region that God wants you, has brought you here, whether you were born here or whether he moved you here, that he wants to accomplish. Let's not waste time. Sometimes I'm like, Lord, am I wasting time with all the other stuff that's going on in my life? And he says, yes, yeah, sometimes I am. <laughs> and other times, you know, I'm not, hopefully. But that's a good question that we need to be constantly asking ourselves. Lord, what are you doing here? What is on your heart here in Wilmington? Why am I here? Why am I still breathing right now? Because, Lord, it's so much better just to be with you. But no, there's something for us to accomplish here. 
So where do we start with this thing? Well, first things first. Let's turn to Philippians 3.13. And some of you guys are already fighting, you know, and you've been, you've, you've been fighting and wrestling with God over the promises that you have in your life and over, the, in, you know, this region, what God wants to do here. But there, there's this first step that we all need to take. And some of us have already taken it. So let's read Philippians 3.13. It says, Brethren, I do not regard myself as having laid hold of it yet, but one thing I do, one thing I do, forgetting what lies behind and reaching forward to what lies ahead. I press on toward the goal of the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. All right, so what's the one thing? What's, what's step one? Forget, forget the past, right? Number one. And I'm saying this because the enemy, he's smart. If he gets you stuck in the past, good, bad, the ugly past, he won. You're not moving forward. How can you run a race? You ever seen anybody run a race when they're, they're running backwards to try to win? Their focus is like on what's behind them. That's literally what you're doing when you're stuck in the past. Now let's address this a little bit. So stuck in the past. So past successes, right? Matthew 17, 2. You guys don't have to turn to it, but we're going to go through it real quick. And he was transfigured before them, and his face shone like the sun, and his garments became as white as light. And behold, Moses and Elijah appeared to them, talking with him. Peter responded and said to Jesus, Lord, it is good that we are here. If you want, I will make three tabernacles here, one for you, one for Moses, and one for Elijah. And I don't know if you guys remember in that story of Trans- Mount of Transfiguration, the cloud kind of encompasses them, and, and basically the father's like, Peter, stop, listen to him, listen to my son, okay? So Peter's tendency, just like the rest of us, our tendency is to make these tabernacles of these encounters or these experiences that we've had with the Lord in the past, now, it's good to have a memorial or a history or a remembrance of what God's done for you in your life, but if you stay there, you will probably not experience anything more. And you guys know what I'm talking about. I've, I've talked to many Christians, specifically mature Christians, older Christians, you know, that have walked this, this walk for many years, and they've had many experiences with God. And whenever I talk to them and I ask them, they always talk about that time, remember 15 years ago, when God showed up in that one service? They made this tabernacle around this one service, and they're still living in that place. You know, God, we, can, we are supposed to be progressively coming to know him experientially, progressively. That means over and over and over and over again. New, every day, his mercies are new every day. Sometimes we think, you know, and I'm saying this because the enemy tricks us. And, oh, that's a good thing. It's a God encounter. Like, no, but if you're stuck in that place, then you've basically stopped growth. And the enemy has tricked you. It's our tendency. I'm just saying, we all do it. I myself do it. Now, I'm grateful for the times, the encounters of my life, I am, and I value them, and, I, and they're part of my history with God, but I'm not going to stay there. 
I'm not going to stay. Some of you guys specifically have been to some of these revivals over the years. I've been to Toronto. You've been to Brownsville and all this, the other stuff that's kind of going on. And, and you just kind of, you always look back to that. Well, I feel like the Lord's saying, encouraging you. Forget what is behind. I've got so much more ahead of you. Okay? Past failures. I mean, I almost don't have to talk about this. You guys know what I mean. You know, past failures. Some of us are stuck in our past failures. And some of us, myself included, are almost blind to like that we're stuck in our past failures. That we like behave in such a way because we were wounded in the past or we failed in the past that it's kind of influenced how we behave about the current, the, the, the right now situation. Like, oh man, I screwed up doing this, you know, so many years ago. And then when the opportunities for those things, for God brings into your life again to do it again, you always kind of return back to that, oh man, remember when I missed, uh, yeah, I'm not, I don't feel like God's calling me to do that anymore. Does that make sense? Past failures. I mean, look at Peter. He's like the perfect example of this. He denied the Lord three times. So the Lord is always looking to restore. So the Lord comes to him, you know, you guys know the story after he had gone back to fishing and he, uh, he calls him and he, and he gives him an opportunity to be restored. And he asks him three times, just like he denied him three times. He asked him three times, do you love me? He was restoring. He was bringing. He, the Lord wants to do that with you and with me. Those things in the past, they just haven't gone over yet. That they keep coming up. And every time when you try to step into uh, a new arena or a new promotion and what God's called you to do, they always rear their head. God wants to bring restoration there. He wants to bring forgiveness. He wants you to be enabled to forgive yourself. Okay. Past disappointments. We got to get past the past disappointments. You know, we have to allow the Lord to heal our heart from disappointment. Did you know you can be wounded by disappointment? And you guys know what I'm talking about. When you have a promise of God or you've been praying for something over and over and over again and it doesn't come to pass and, you, and either something happens to that just completely wipes it out or you just give up because you're tired and you get wounded in your heart. God wants to come and he wants to bring healing to that wound. He wants to heal your faith. You know, and this is specifically, and I feel like this is today, when I was, when I was praying over this thing, I feel like the Lord wants to do this this morning. You know, that there's some of you here and some of you that are listening online, you've been part of churches and ministries in the past and you believed in the vision and you fought for the vision and you would sow into the vision of this ministry or this church and the enemy came in and he messed things up and now you're having a hard time having faith and seeing the body of Christ do anything. So you have a hard time committing to the body again because of this wound. God wants to heal that. God is going to use his bride to bring his kingdom here on earth. That's just like, you know, Christianity 101. Who does he use? He uses his body, the body of Christ. So some of you have been disconnected and you've kind of given up on the body, and that's okay. 
We've all been wounded by the body. You've been in the church long enough, you're going to get wounded by somebody. <laughs> but guess what? That's our school. That's how we learn to forgive. You're never going to learn to forgive unless someone sins against you. <laughs> you know, he's making us more like him. So, yeah, so, <laughs> so uh, there's an invitation this morning for anybody who's struggling with that, and, and just allow the Holy Spirit to speak to you about it. If you've been disconnected from the body, if you, you've held your guard up against the bride of Christ, and you aren't wanting to fully commit, God wants to bring healing there. He wants to bring forgiveness. He wants to bring reconciliation. Because the body needs you. The arm needs the head. The toe needs, right, the foot or whatever, you know what I'm saying? He's going to do it, you know. And um, anyways, let's not wait for, it's like crazy. Sometimes like, sometimes it, it, it takes persecution to bring unity within the body. Let's not wait for persecution, right? <laughs> what does it, Victoria say, right, no pain, no pain, right? Instead of no pain, no gain, no pain, no pain. Let's not, why do we have to wait for pain to do it right? All right. Well, cool. Actually, let's do this right now. I, I just feel like if that's you, you don't have to raise your hand or anything. Just, just talk to the Lord. We're going to pray. I'm just going to pray right now. And we're just going to ask for specifically these areas. Lord, we just thank you for your word. We thank you that, we, that you have a future, a purpose, a plan for us. The Holy Spirit, right now, I just, just release healing over people's hearts this morning. Healing from past disappointments. Healing from wounds from the body. Lord, I just release healing right now. Heal hearts this morning. Lord, we want to press on towards the goal. We want to run the race forward, not backwards. Thank you, Lord, for your forgiveness. Thank you, Lord, for your healing. In Jesus' name. All right. So that's step one, right? We need to forget what is behind. We need to move forward, right? So let's turn it back at two. This is how we're going to move forward. Back to verse one. All right. I will stand on my guard post and station myself on the rampart and I will keep watch to see what he will speak to me and how I may reply when I, re I am reproved. Then the Lord answered me and said, record the vision, inscribe it on tablets that the one who reads it may run. Okay, you guys have heard this um, the scripture used a lot of times in verse three, it says, and for the vision is yet for an appointed time. It hastens toward the goal and it will not fail though. It tarries wait for it for it will certainly come. It will not delay. Okay. So receiving the promises of God. So that's step one, right? Receiving, setting your place, setting yourself in a place of receiving, like literally, positioning yourself to receive the promise and um, the purposes and the callings of God on your life to identify them. Just like Habakkuk did. He had this determination of like, God, I need to hear from you. What is on your heart? 
What is your promise? What is your solution for my situation, for the situation of my, uh, my neighbors and my family and my, the region that I'm living in? He like set himself apart. He made a determination that he, basically he wasn't going anywhere until he heard from God. Okay? That's step one. Receive the promise. Many of you guys have already received the promises, but some of you guys are like, I don't even know what the promise of God is for my life. I've talked to so many Christians who have no clue what they're called to do. They've just been wandering for years, you know? So for those of you who feel like, well, I don't even know what the promise of God is on my life. I don't even know what, what I am, why I'm here or why I'm in this church, you know? Well, be like Habakkuk, you know? Wait and set yourself to listen and uh, in that meantime, I'm going to tell you guys a little trick here, right? In the meantime of while you're waiting, while you're pursuing what God has for your life, the promises that he's spoken over your life and for this church, begin to sow into others around you, into their purpose, into their calling. Because as you sow, you will reap. I guarantee you, God is not a liar. You will reap what you sow. If you begin to sow in those around you into their callings, begin to speak in the, to those around you and to just, you know, you guys, you guys are already doing. You're sowing into this next generation. You're speaking in this next generation. And as you do that, you will reap your calling. You will reap your purposes. God will send resources around you, financial, relational, promotional. That's how the kingdom works. So I encourage you guys, while you're in the waiting, if you do know your promise and it's not coming to pass, continue to fight for it, but begin to sow into those around you. Sometimes that's what God is waiting for. He's waiting for you to pass this test. This is a test. Are you so concerned with what God has for your life that you've almost become spiritually selfish? (laughs) You know, he tests us because he loves us and he's protecting us. Because sometimes if we don't pass this test and we, if we stepped into what God has for us, it would actually destroy us. So I encourage you guys, as the body, look at the, those that God's planted around you. Begin to pray, God, how can I sow into this person, into their calling? How do you see them? Remember we talked about seeing one another according to the spirit and not to the flesh and that we actually pray around each other. That was part of it. First, asking the Lord, Lord, who are you called this who have you called this person to be? What is their purpose and how can I come alongside and sow into it? All right. So receive the promise, sow into others into their promises, into their callings, into their purposes, right? And you will reap in your own. All right. Yep, this positions, when you sow into others' calling, it positions you to receive in your own life. All right. And you know we and we won't go here. Uh, Joshua one fourteen. If you want to just write it down, you can read into it. It just talks about the story of how the Israelites, when they would fight for one another to take the promised land, and they actually weren't allowed to take their promise until they fought to, to that their brothers would receive their their portion of the land. 
Do you guys remember that story? It's Joshua 1.14. You want to read it. That is a perfect picture of this, okay? All right, so the promise and the calling, the God on your life, they may come to you, and you know we've talked about this before, and then we've got plenty of podcasts about it, about hearing God. You know, It's going to come through dreams. It's going to come through visions. It's going to come through prophetic words. It's going, to be, it's going to come through God speaking through Scripture. You guys know all the, well, if you don't know all the ways God speaks, just re- listen to the podcast. We've done many of those. Um, and here's the other thing about it. So a lot of times there's this tendency that when, we, when you're in a prophetic church and, um, and you hear from God and you get dreams and you get visions and stuff for God, what he wants to do here, you know, this, this is just like a, a one thing I feel like I want to encourage you guys. When, when God speaks to you about what he wants to do here in this church, it's not just to like kind of like, hey, whoa, check out this. I had this encounter with God and he showed me this. Da, da, da. It's not this like, sometimes there's a tendency to be just like, oh, look who God showed me. And then you kind of like leave it at that. You know, the re- there's a, the reason why God spoke it to you because he's enlisting you. <laughs> he wants you to fight. He wants you to come alongside. He, he, it's just not a word that you come up and you give Travis, myself, or whatever, and be like, all right, here you guys go. I got this from the Lord. And you kind of like, okay, I'm going to go do my thing. <laughs> no, God's showing you because he's enlisting you. He's, he's recruiting you to fight for this, for the promise. Some of you guys have given us visions and dreams that you have about how this place is supposed to be a prophetic hub, how this place is supposed to be, uh, there's supposed to be a healing well here that we're going to see cancer, we're going to see Alzheimer's healed, we're going to see, you know, uh, physical disabilities healed. Some of you guys have had dreams about, you know why God gave you that dream? It's not just to tell, all right, let the leadership team take it and pray for it. No, it's for you to come alongside us and for us to pray and to fight for it, to see it come to pass. Because these are purposes and promises that God has for our body. And he wants us to fight and contend for them together, to take it, to value them. Okay. All right, so just like Habakkuk, so you receive, the, you set your heart up, you receive the, the, the vision, you receive the promise. Number two, you write the promise down. I know this sounds so crazy, like simple, but I've uh, and I'm and I'm saying this because I know people that have like oh, I had this crazy experience. God like showed me this, da, 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 da. and I'm like, okay, did you write it down? Oh no, no, I didn't write it down yet. I didn't write it down yet. <laughs> and then I talk to them like months later, and they're and and they're like, man, I don't know what I'm supposed to be doing, you know, or like, man, it just feels like nothing's happening or whatever. And I was like, D- do you remember? That what God spoke to you that time, remember a couple months ago, you had that dream or whatever? Oh, yeah, I kind of (laughs) remember. I know, this might sound simple to you guys, but (laughs) we do this. Hey, I do it sometimes. Sometimes I have this dream I'm so excited about. I forget to write it down, but um, man, write the vision down. If you feel like there's a calling on your life, I don't care how simple it is. I don't care how big it is. Write it down. Write it down. It is a target. When you see it with your eyes on a piece of paper or whatever, it is a target for you, a goal for you to aim for. I mean, the world has like has grasped onto this principle and they run with it. And I mean, if you are a business uh, major, if you're in business, you know about you know writing the vision down. 
It's biblical. They didn't make this up. God made that up. There's something that happens when you write down the, the vision, when you write down the promise. There's a connection. There's a spiritual, there's a responsibility. There's something, there's, you value it. Okay, write it down. So if one of you guys, if somebody in here is like, man, well, I know what I'm supposed to call to, call to do, I challenge you, have you written it down? If you haven't, go home, write it down. Write it down right now. <laughs> All right. Number three, what did he do? And the Lord said, record the vision, write it down, that the one who reads it, so read the promise. Read the promise every day. Every day, read the promise, the purpose that God has on your life. You know what that's showing God? It's showing that you value it. It's showing God that... that well, it's showing God that you're getting ready for it. You're preparing yourself for it. So read the promise over and over because in Romans 10, 17, it says faith comes from hearing and hearing the word of Christ. Read it. Speak it out loud over and over again. Fight for it. This is a way to just to fight for it. And then, all right, number four, right? Pray, fight for the promise, all right? so that you can run with it. That's that run. That's fighting for it. That's, that's running with it. You know, there is a, and, you know, verse, uh, was it three? It says, you know, that, that basically, you know, it's, God gives us a promise, and there's a, there is a waiting time for it. So, and there's like, uh, the Lord showed me one time while I was like, uh, he, he spoke this word to me. He said, militant patience. I was like, Lord, this thing sound like oxymorons. How do you be militant and be patient at the same time? And it's like, there's like, it's like, uh, and he was showing me, he was describing, it's like this, it's like a, uh, like a passionate expectation of the promise coming to completion and not allowing unbelief to enter in. And it's just like a constant like fighting with it. It's like when you're praying for it over and over and over again, and even when you see the opposite taking place in your life, which a lot of times happens, and you're not paying attention to the natural, and you're just militantly praying, thanking God for bringing it to come to pass, that's militant patience. So... When all the warm and fuzzies wear off, when you have this encounter with God, you get this download from the Holy Spirit of your calling on your life. You have the man of God of the hour give you this prophetic word that just reads your whole mail and, you know, the presence of God is there and you guys are, you know, like, oh, gosh, you know, you're experiencing the presence. You guys know what I'm talking about. And you're just so overwhelmed in the moment. And then when after that fuzzy, all the warm and fuzzies wears off, though, that's when the fight begins. That's when the fight begins. That's that militant patience. All right, it's the Galatians 6, 9. Let us not lose heart in doing good, for in due time we will reap. This is a promise from God. We will reap if we do not grow weary. And James 5, 7, therefore be patient, brethren, until the coming of the Lord. The farmer waits for the precious produce of the soil, being patient about it until it gets the early and the later rains. You too be patient, strengthen your hearts for the coming of the Lord is near. 
And then it says, do not complain, brethren, against one another. You know, I, I, I had this, uh, when, I, when I first kind of stepped out in ministry, I guess, whatever you call it, other than college, you know, I was doing ministry stuff in college. And I started working at this church in Maryland. I was, I was a worship leader. And, um, and I was like on fire for God. I was like, you know, we were seeing crazy stuff happen at college, you know, and um, Lord just moving in, in tremendous ways. And then when I started working at this church, I was just like expecting, like, and I was like, all right, Lord, about three months, yeah, we're going to see move the Holy Spirit in this place, right? <laughs> you know, I was like so zealous, you know, for to see God move that I had this expectation of just like, God's going to move here in like three months. And I'll tell you one thing, that was an ungodly expectation, okay? It might have been like, uh, God was probably like, oh, this is awesome, I love Paul's faith for this, but this is not what I want to do here. (laughs) And about three months into it, I remember just like questioning God, God, am I supposed to be doing this? I'm not seeing anything happening. I'm leading worship, and man, it's drier than a bone. Like, what happened here? And... um, and, and and I was just like, God, I must, I don't know what's wrong with these people. <laughs> I started having, you know, as you could tell, I was probably like, the God had a lot of heart stuff to work in me, you know. And uh, I was like, I don't know, we're ready. Lord, I want to see you move here. This is, this is why you called me to do this thing, blah, blah, blah. And uh, I was complaining and whining and, you know, thinking about quitting even. And, uh, and the, the Lord, he literally said, James 5, 7, I just dropped it in my heart. I had no idea what it said. And I turned to it and I just read it to you guys. It says, therefore, be patient. And he began to teach me about sowing into the soil. And I was like, okay, God. And then, you know, uh, I've been seeing a lot of it this year even, and I think it's the Lord even too. Like we, we started a, a garden this year, uh, Heather and I and the kids, and um, and it is so true. And sometimes you forget it. Like I'm, I didn't grow up a farmer or whatever. I so, saw, you know, this stuff still kind of blows my mind a little bit. So we, we, uh, we, ma- I made these beds for Heather to, we put manure, you know, we did the whole thing and, um, and, and they planted seeds in there and these little dinky little seeds and we, and they put it in the soil and for days and sometimes weeks, I don't see anything. I'm like, and I'm asking Heather, is this supposed to be like this? Like, I thought we were supposed to see some, like, growth here, you know? And she's basically saying, yeah, yeah, some, you got to be patient. <laughs> Sometimes it takes a little bit for some of these things, you know, to grow or whatever. Blah, blah. But in the natural, and I'm looking, I'm not seeing any movement on the, you know, it's like, what, did squirrels come and steal the seeds? What is going on here, you know? And, uh, and then, of course, you know, and a little bit, we started seeing the little bit, a little green coming up. And, um, and the Lord just began to speak to me about sowing, you know? There was a period of waiting after the sowing. There always is. Sometimes it's years. Talk to Abraham if you have complaints. I mean, sometimes it's years and years. But it's in there. It's in the ground. You can't see it in these, with these natural eyes, but the, with the eyes of the Spirit, you can see them. All right, so that's fighting and not giving up. That's what I'm just trying to encourage you guys. Just don't give up. Even in the natural, you're not seeing the fruit of it yet. 
You know the promise of God to move here in Wilmington, to see healing well here in Wilmington, in this church. It's going to take some fighting. It's going to be. Ta- it's going to, you know, take some undigging of wells. It's going to take some work. It's going to take some endurance of not giving up, even when we don't see anything. Even if we're sick of praying the same prayer over and over and over again. I don't want to pray that prayer anymore. I prayed it like fifty times. I mean, what, I mean. Don't give up. Keep praying. You're watering this promise in your prayer. Did you know that? When you pray, it's like you're literally watering that seed, watering that seed, watering that seed. All right. We got to wrap this thing up. This is last. This is, this is huge here. I just felt like this is from the Lord this morning too. Verse 9, it says, Do not complain, brethren, against one another. And as soon as I read that, I had this crazy phrase kind of pop in my mind. I felt it was like the Holy Spirit. He said, complaints are food for a spirit of unbelief. That when you begin to complain over your situation, you begin to complain about God not moving, God not doing this, da-da-da-da, you're literally feeding a demonic spirit of unbelief. You're giving access for him to come into your life where you begin to less and less believe the promises of God, less and less and more and more begin to come in alignment with what the enemy wants. So I want to encourage you, guard your mouth from complaining. I don't have time to get in. I mean, you, most of you guys are in this, but I don't have time to get into the Israelites. They basically shot themselves in their foot by, just with, by their mouth. And a lot of us do the same thing. Because the power of life and death is in your tongue. The authority of the kingdom of heaven comes out of your mouth. Did you know that? When you speak, heaven moves because your authority is a co-heir of Christ. So if you begin to speak complaints over your situation, you're sowing doubt. It's literally food for a demonic spirit to eat and to hang out and to tempt you to doubt So let's guard our hearts, guard our mouths from speaking the complaints over our situation, over the people that we're connected with. I don't really like what he's doing. I don't like what she's doing. Let's guard our mouth. Okay? Let's not shoot ourselves in the foot as we're fighting, as we're trying to gain ground, and and then we go backwards when we start complaining. All right. Well, let's wrap this thing up. <laughs> um, so I want to encourage you guys, and we talked about this, gather two or three to fight with you. We kind of did that before uh, the last time and talked about the power of agreement. So these promises that you have in your life, fight for them. Keep fighting for them. Guard your mouth. Write down the vision. Read it over and over. Fight for them. All right.